Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 19th. It's five minutes after 11. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Tuesday. His name is Rob Kendall. He's on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. I'm there, Casey Daniels 317. And we're both on YouTube. If you'd like to watch, type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Coming up later this hour, a woman who is running for governor of the great state of Indiana, Jamie Rittenauer, is going to join us. Also, Matt Gates, that guy, he is uh, expected to run for governor of Florida in 2026. We'll talk about that. But first, let's begin talking about Joe Biden. It's being reported that he is worried he might die before his son Hunter's legal issues are resolved and they think it will get worse. Uh, Apparently, aides say that Biden is so sensitive about his son that they walk on eggshells around him. Of course, Biden, the oldest president in American history. Uh, So the Daily Mail has a big article expose about this. And look, Hunter Biden is a train wreck. Mm Mm-hmm. Hunter Biden's also a 50-something-year-old man. There comes a point where you just have to say... You're on your own, kid. I've done what... And you notice it's not... It's not that he didn't do it. It's how much is he going to be punished for doing it. There's no semblance... There there is no dispute about what happened amongst average people. There is no, well, maybe he didn't actually do crack. No, he did it right on video. Maybe he didn't actually lie on the on the firearm form. No, he totally did because the timeline and there's a cavalcade of evidence that he absolutely did it. The evidence about him and the t- hell he pled guilty to the stuff, Casey, or at least he tried to before the deal got tossed out. It's not like the facts are in dispute here. Hunter Biden for years utilized his position as the son of a senator slash vice president in order to enrich himself and enrich his father. And Joe Biden is not concerned about, you know, this poor man being wrongfully accused. No, he's just concerned about that his kid's going to actually have to deal with or finally get the comeuppance for the years of scheming and scamming that the family has operated. So out in public, Joe Biden makes a lot of jokes. He says things like, I'm more optimistic about the future of this country than in the 800 years I've served. And he's not far off. He's not far. Okay. He, I mean, he has trouble walking. He makes verbal stumbles constantly. And now, and this is in the Daily Mail, but it's being reported by NBC News that in private, he actually really is worried about his age. Of course, 77% of Americans think he's too old to be president. Well, he is too old to be president, Casey. It, well, he is in a period of his life where, I mean, okay, we're all going to die. It's just at different rates. Yes, that's correct. And being the president uh, accelerates that due to the stress and the pace of life. Um, so he's at a period of his life where it's eminent. And in private, he is saying that he's worried, but out in public, he makes jokes about it. Well, he's given another speech today, and it's more of this incoherent babbling, and we'll probably have that audio tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Look. There is a there comes a point in every person. I was thinking about this the other day driving in. I am almost 40. Well, the reality of almost being 40 says at a certain point, probably in the not too distant future, there will be there will become 
more yesterdays than tomorrows. That is a fact of life. I hope I live to 90. I hope I live to 100. But the reality is, at nearing 40 years old, there is a, a decent chance that in the near future, there will come a day where you will say, okay, every day going forward, there were more yesterdays than tomorrows. Certainly, at the age Joe Biden is, there are far more yesterdays than tomorrows. And yet he insists... See, I don't give any I don't give any sympathy to this guy because he wants to lord over me. Mm. He tried to get me fired for not getting an experimental ineffective vaccine. The guy wants to rule over me with an iron fist, and so I have no sympathy for him. I'm not seeing her going, oh, this poor old man. No, screw him. Screw him. Also, uh, news this morning within the past hour, House Republicans holding their first impeachment inquiry hearing investigating him next Thursday. James Comer says that he's going to subpoena bank records on Hunter Biden and James Biden, the brother, this week. Um, And the next week hearing is going to be the first hearing since Kevin McCarthy formalized the impeachment inquiry last week. I'm sure this advances his mental decline a lot. He's got he's worried about that as well. Well, he might finally be held to some form of account. I mean, Joe Biden has been scamming and scheming for the better part of 50 years and. He has never been held to account and bad break for him. The Republicans won the House of Representatives. And now, at least from a public perception standpoint, look, there again, no sympathy for you being called out for what you are, which is he is a corrupt, in many ways, evil old man. And look, you don't try to get people fired for not getting experimental vaccines unless you're an evil person. What they tried to do to people was Evil, mm-hmm. And so I have no sympathy for this guy. Now, I have absolutely no faith the Republicans are actually going to impeach him because I think there's enough of these weeble-wobble, wishy-washy Republicans that'll, when it comes time to pull the trigger, aren't going to do it. And old old Todd Young made very clear in that audio to Abdul, he's not at all excited about holding Biden accountable. So nothing's going to happen to him anyway. Well, he's making decisions that a lot of Americans aren't agreeing with, a majority of voters. Uh, disagree with his decision to give up $6 billion in frozen assets to Iran in exchange for five American prisoners. So they got prisoners, we got prisoners, swap. But then Joe Biden decides to throw in that $6 billion in frozen assets. The country is in a very bad condition right now. The country is very divided right now. Joe Biden is at the center of that because of his policy decisions and his very needlessly divisive rhetoric. I mean, he goes out of his way to tell you as a conservative on the regular how much he hates you. He name calls you, etc. So again, no sympathy for this guy. I have no faith the Republicans will actually turn the screws on him. I have no faith that the Republicans will actually make his life miserable. I think the Republicans will continue to do the bare minimum possible to appease the base of the party, but I uh, I say it's 50-50 right now. They actually impeach the guy, no matter what evidence they uncover. So this poll that was done by the Senate Opportunity Fund says that 55% of Americans oppose the swap, and the poll just indicates there are a lot of concerns about the agreement and the ramifications that it could have, because now we have funded a terrorist country. Sure, you've unleashed $6 billion for the Iranian lunatic regime, who is the world's largest state sponsor of terror, to do just that. And I love the lame lame sauce excuse from uh, the Biden administration. Oh, no, this wasn't ransom because we didn't give them the money. We just we just gave them access to the money. 
no, it's ransom. Like they didn't have the six billion, and you gave them the six billion. Whether we gave them the six billion or not, Iran now has six billion dollars mm-hmm. that they previously didn't have, which they will use to enact terrorism across the globe. So if you're keeping score at home, we now gave Russia the Merchant of Death for Brittany Griner mm-hmm. and six billion dollars to Iran. John Kirby, the White House spokesperson, came out, and you know you might remember that that all happened on September 11th, and yes. he came out yesterday saying that was, that was just a date on the calendar mm-hmm. there was no significance there i think the the people uh, from september 11th who lost loved ones would find great significance in that but of course donald trump had a few things to say about that as well okay uh kev if you could cue up the whitney here por favor uh for a reminder for those of you who are new to our program because we despite being told nobody listens know that we have new listeners all the time uh casey did you know mm-hmm. i once interviewed the president of the united states it was a great dream and he it, wished all interviews could be like that look i was very uh just flabbergasted that he used those words about me and uh he must he he would buy the i love rob kendall t-shirt probably well maybe not now he might buy the i hate rob kendall t-shirt which <laughs> by the way if you if you don't know hammer and nigel have a merch store store.hammerandnigel.com mm-hmm. uh their new edition is you can purchase either the i hate rob kendall t-shirt or the i love rob kendall t-shirt mm-hmm. and my portion of the money as small as it may be but i get a little bit off each shirt sold is going to go to project rescue which helps women who are victims of sex trafficking across the globe now the way that'll work just so everybody's clear life church is partnering with project rescue so when my money comes in i give it to life church it's designated specifically for that and then at the end of the year they write a big giant check for all the funds they've raised throughout the year so very just good. want everybody to be very clear on how that money will be given to Project Rescue. Whether you love or hate him, Rob Kendall's not making any money. Absolutely no. And we want everybody (laughs) to buy the shirt and then you can help out a great cause in the process. All right. So in honor of Trump saying I was a great dream and very terrific and he wished every interview could be just like that. And I knew what was going on out Mm -hmm. there, I think was his direct quote. Uh, We play Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You when we read Trump's social social media posts. And uh, I read them in the voice that I picture him the picture going on in his head as he's pecking out the truth in question with his with his very large thumbs. Okay. All right, are we ready? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. And I, I brought 58 hostages home from many different countries, including North Korea, and I never paid anything. They all they all understood. They must let these people come home. He typed it in all caps. That's why I gave you the emphatic. the extra oomph. Yeah, yeah. Toward the end, he got so the countries didn't even start the conversation asking for money because they knew they would not get it. Once you pay, you always pay, and many more hostages will be taken. Our grossly incompetent leader. Crooked Joe Biden gave $6 billion for five people. Iran gave zero for five. He's dumb as a rock. (laughs) Exclamation point. (laughs) He does the random words capitalized, Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to read that that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do. Well, I do my best. I mean, because I am a great dream, according to Trump. It's, but it's very hard sometimes to. Yeah, the very along. very last sentence he said he's dumb, capitalized dumb as a rock. How about that? So let All me try that again. Capitalized. He's dumb, 
as a rock. <laughs> but he does have a point. In essence, Joe Biden has put a bounty on every American's yes. head because now they think they'll get money for every single one of us. Yes, it used to be we did not negotiate with terrorists. Now we negotiate all the time with terrorists. And give them billions of dollars. Absolutely. 17 after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Casey. Yeah. You're super rich. <laughs> I love how you exaggerate. Go and ahead. As an just in independently wealthy mm-hmm. modern age woman you probably know how much money you've saved in your ira or 401 i haven't looked in a while so not exactly not down to the penny well thanks to biden it's probably not doing as well as it once did but <laughs> do True. you know do you know how much you'll owe in taxes on this money in retirement no i don't that's the most important number you'll need to know right otherwise you don't know how money how much money you have it's kendall and casey and you can learn how much money you'll owe in taxes with your ira and 401 All you have to do is go to SaveTaxesWithBill.com. It's SaveTaxesWithBill.com. All you do is input a few numbers, and you'll instantly see how much money you'll owe in taxes when you retire. Plus, you'll see how much you could potentially save if you take advantage of simple tax planning strategies now. It's from our good friend Bill Demery right here in Indy. Don't give the government a nickel more in taxes than you have to. Go to SaveTaxesWithBill.com. That's SaveTaxesWithBill.com. and 88 cents. That's up five cents from last week. It's 21 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Of course, I'm talking about the average gas price filled up lately. Uh, yes, you know, right where I fill up mm-hmm. uh, next to. So Casey lives in a mansion. <laughs> and she is surrounded by other mm-hmm. very. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's an compar- estate. Comparable it's homes. It's like I, like I have a gated entrance and everything. However, uh, the area around Casey's mm-hmm. neighborhood, uh-huh. uh, you have to get past. Arm- Looks like Joe Hogsett's been in charge. You, you have to get past the moat and the armed guards to get into her mm-hmm. neighborhood. But the sure. area around there mm-hmm. is not, not. I mean, if I were you, I'd be leaving. What a great idea type of place. Mm-hmm. And so, however, there is incredibly cheap gas <laughs> right around the corner from Casey's house. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I do. I always stop there. I got it for three fifty nine the other day. Really? Yeah. That's well below the average. I love that Casey looks surprised. Like she won't even stop at the neighborhood hey, around. I, I, I don't go. House. I don't go out at night in my neighborhood. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, the yeah, place so, may be nice, but the surroundings not not as much. What's the What's the average? What's the average gas? What do we say? Three eighty eight. Three eighty eight. So that's a national average, mm-hmm. right? So we're factoring in the whatever it is. $33 in California or whatever. Mm-hmm. So Indiana's a little bit higher, I think, than average. 361 in Indiana. Is in, in Indiana. That's pathetic. And you paid three... 359. Okay, so you paid below the average. And 60-ish cents of that was the Republican Party gas tax mm-hmm. in, in Indiana. So actually, gas is like $3 a gallon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you should feel good because the Treasury Secretary, oh. J- Janet Yellen, uh-huh. she's insisting that Joe Biden, your president, wants to make sure that gas prices remain affordable no kidding. for Americans. Well, that's news to me. Yeah. Here she is. Well, the president wants to make sure that gas prices remain affordable for Americans. Um, Americans care a great deal about the price of gas. Um, they're still down $1.20 off their highs last summer, although they have gone up recently. 
They're they're off their highs, Casey. Mm-hmm. Remember when it was like five dollars a gallon? Yeah. Well, it's not that anymore. So shut up. <laughs> Just a reminder: when Joe Biden took office, a gallon of gas was two dollars and thirty nine cents. Today, three eighty eight, and it's been over three dollars now for eight hundred and fifty days. Don't you love the impunity with which she lies? Well, they're that's a dollar twenty off their mm-hmm. off their highs. Off their high, uh, ma'am. That was a record price, mm-hmm. and it's still like a dollar. Fifty more than where it was when your guy took office. Yeah, but they're off their record highs. He wants to make sure that they remain affordable for Americans. I still feel like I should be ordering a cup of coffee from uh-huh. her. Like, she's my favorite waitress <laughs> at a greasy diner, rather than being the Treasury Secretary. Kev, you have a rather large creeper van that you you drive around central Indiana <laughs> in. Do you, do you weep every time you start the engine? Um, yeah, it hurts a little bit. <laughs> Why do you have a van? Because I, I transport music equipment. Oh, yeah, okay, and that I makes also, sense. And also, I bought it from a family member. That so makes sense. It, I mean, it's just odd for a single man to be, like, rolling around. I mean, when you're doing the music stuff, I get that. But do yeah. you ever do you ever pause and go, there? you know, there is a perception of this that I'm feeding right now. I don't care. <laughs> I, I actually really like my band. Good for him. Not only is he a fantastic drummer, he's also the key grip for the band. Yeah. He's got to set up all the equipment. Yeah. Right? Okay, let's talk about Matt Gates. What's going on with him? It's uh, being reported that he will likely run for governor of the state of Florida in 2026. So, Ron DeSantis still has the job until then, but... He'll be term limited, so he'll be done if he does not win the presidential contest and he remains governor for the next two years. After that, he'll be looking for employment elsewhere. And we should also clarify, neither Kevin nor his van is actually creepy. Both of them are just the finest that America has to offer. Sure, Kevin's Uh, Kevin's uh, a a lovely young man. uh, Okay, what were we talking about? Oh, Matt Gates. Yeah. Uh, opportun- uh, what, uh, what an opportunist, right? I mean, these people, and this is, we talk about this all the time, Casey, where it's like, just do something and go get another job. Like, these people, you notice it's never, I'm going to get a real job. It's always either I'm going to the next office or mm-hmm. some government-connected mm-hmm. sweetheart employment. It's never like, I'm going to go run this mega corporation. Why? Because they can't actually do that. Okay, so apparently he was in Tallahassee over the weekend. They were there celebrating the uh, Florida Speaker of the House, and he was talking, yeah, there's a lot of talk about him doing it, and he said that he is 100% in on the idea of running. Well, sure, because that's the next gig for him. And there used to be a time where they were like, oh, I haven't even given any thought to that. You know, if the people need me, I'll step up and Casey, I'll I'll rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. They're not even they don't even hide it anymore. Oh yeah, sign me up for that. That'll be great. That's my ne- and and in his eyes, that would be a step up, right? <laughs> to go from being a rep to being uh, the governor of Florida. Casey, when I got to, uh, these people, amaze me like the narcissism and sociopathic behavior of these people. When I got done with elected office, I was like. I'm out of here. I hope I never have to see you people ever again. I hope I never have to work with you people ever again. I have done my service. I am totally 100% out, done, see ya. These people cannot wait in elected office, so many of them, to get to the next thing. They're always looking for the next grift. Yeah, and a big donor commented that he could win with 30%. All he needs is Trump's endorsement. And that will get the job done. He, they're plotting. They're scheming. Already, they're scamming. They're talking about 2026. 
already. He just needs Trump's endorsement. Now, hypothetically, what if Trump is not the president? Does he still want Trump's endorsement to get him to be the governor? Of course, Matt Gates right now is saying he, he's towing the company line, saying my only political focus right now is Trump 24. But I just happen to be in Tallahassee, oh. mingling about with the donors, looking at 26. Casey, there used to be a time, and this is how I approached it, where people got into public service because they said problem X exists or problem X, Y, and Z exist. And I, because I'm the guy to fix it. Because I have these skill sets, mm-hmm. I have A, B, and C to offer, and I'm going to fix those issues. And then I'm going to skadoodle my way out the door for the next person. And it does not appear that in the overwhelming majority of cases that exists when it comes to public service anymore. People are just looking for the next paycheck and the next power trip. The BBD, bigger, better deal. <laughs> hey, when we come back, Casey, yeah. you know, it's very rare that I venture outside my home anymore, other than when I'm here working with you or at my other job. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually going to do that next week. I'm going to give a speech, and the public is invited. And if you want to see me eviscerate some Republicans in person, we'll tell you all about it when we come back. Details on the way with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You're doing a thing. You got something coming up. Do Uh, tell. Yes, every so often. It is very rare these days, but I am enticed to leave the house and give a speech, Mm -hmm. an in-person event where people can come and see the fun and frivolity that is Rob Kendall in person. And uh, my dear, dear friends, this is an organization that has uh, been promoting good government for a long time. They're called the Indie Defenders of Liberty. Our dear friend uh, Rick Barr heads the group out there, uh, asked for a very long time, and I put him off and put him off and put him off, and I could no longer use the my wife is pregnant excuse. Mm -hmm. Because you know how I am, Casey. Like, I just, like, I hate to leave my house. Mm -hmm. I go home. I don't go out. I don't think about radio until we come back here the next day. And what is that called? Isn't that called an agoraphobe or something uh, like that? Yeah, is that look, you? Look, I just I, I leave it all at the office. I give all the effort I can here, <laughs> and then I don't think about radio or politics really until I start on the template for mm-hmm. the next day. But I've told them, after much much begging and pleading, yes, finally I will go do this. And so it is next Tuesday. It is in Avon. It is free to attend, though you need a ticket because they are anticipating wall-to-wall attendance. Would you have been to these events? I bring the crowd in, and so I said, that's fine. We'll do that to promote this group. So if you go right now, at Rob M. Kendall on Twitter, at Rob M. Kendall. Also get it up on the Kendall and Casey Facebook page here in a little bit as well. Uh, You can get your ticket. Again, the ticket is free. They just have to know how many people so that they have the right size room where they're having the the event. It's in Avon. Tuesday, September 26th, 6.30. You can come. I'll give a speech. We can take some photos together. We'll tell some jokes. We'll rip on the Republicans. It'll basically be like an in-person version of the radio show. Now, you said it's in Avon. Did you say where in Avon? Uh, you'll have to find out on the ticket, Casey. Oh, okay. You go there. If you Fantastic. go to at Robin, at Robin Kendall right now, you click the Eventbrite link, and you can secure your ticket, and 
We'll have a we'll have a grand old time together for a couple hours next Tuesday. One week from today, I'll wear clothes that fit and mm-hmm. uh, probably and a tie. And uh, yeah, sure. it'll be it'll be uh, be a rare moment. Right, it'll be SRO standing and, room only. And uh, if you, I'll tell you what, if you want to come, I'll make sure that they have you do the introduction because you did such a phenomenal job mm-hmm. last time. Yeah, what was that event we did the last time? It was the property tax oh, rally well, at the right. state house. At the state house. It was like a gajillion degrees, and we still got over a hundred people mm-hmm. out there at that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll introduce you. Perfect. That'll be great. Bam, hey, wonderful. Let's, let's talk about this other well-assembled woman who had a meltdown on a plane. <laughs> this is now what, a trend? This uh, is what we do for attention? This is a, a woman, she appeared on season five of the oh-so-popular reality show, Bad Girls Club Miami. D- d- who, who didn't see that? I know. I mean, like, I can't wait for wait, season six. Wait, is that a is that a, is that a show or is that... An adult film movie. <laughs> Aren't they one and the same <laughs> at this point? I have no idea what channel it's on. Her name is Megan Osman. Uh-huh. And apparently she had a meltdown on the plane. And I'm not sure if she was really having a meltdown because something was bothering her or if she had the freak out because she just wanted the attention. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So we have the audio of this well-assembled woman being unsuffer- an insufferable hag on an airplane. Cross your fingers that Kevin and his van did their job. Here it is. Call me a b- again. Call me a b- again. Yeah, you guys did nothing wrong. No, you shut the b- up. You shut the b- up in your b- You shut the b- Film me. I'm Instagram famous, you b- bum. Shut the b- up. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, did you hear that baby crying in the background? <laughs> and then I think she was, like, cussing at the baby. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. And yelling at somebody who was filming her saying, go ahead, I'm Instagram famous. By the way, she had 975,000 followers. Not quite the magical million-dollar mark, but maybe she'll get there after this. Well, we are a society that rewards bad behavior. And... This woman appears to be taking advantage of it. All right, Casey, when we come back, Mm -hmm. Jamie Rittenauer, she is running for governor of the state of Indiana on the Republican side. She's got a super upstart campaign. She's going to be with us and tell us all about it. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Boy, we've got the big time to wrap up the show today. Mm -hmm. We've got a candidate for governor. I know, and a very passionate one at that. Yeah, so Jamie Rittenauer, running for governor of the state of Indiana on the Republican side, joins us now. Jamie, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me today. All right, so we hear a lot about some of the other folks that are running. you got Curtis Hill. You've got uh, Brad Chambers. You've got Mike Braun, Suzanne Crouch, Eric Doden. And then there's you. And Micah told me this many, many months ago. He said, Jamie Rittenauer. Rittenauer is awesome and you're going to love her. And I got to say, I saw you speak a couple weeks ago at Life Church, and I do say I do love you and you are awesome. Tell us a little bit about why you're running for governor. Well, thank you for that. I enjoyed being at Life Church. Micah is awesome. We enjoy hanging out with Micah. Um, yes, you know what? I am different than all the other candidates for this very simple reason. I am called to run. 
So I, I can say that I'm not a politician. That is absolutely true. I did not have politics on my bucket list. This is not something that I ever thought that I would do. Uh, this is a calling. And, you know, whenever I talk about a calling, I, I explain it in this way. You know, as parents, whenever we task out uh, something around the house, we tell our children, hey, go do this, go do that. But we all know as parents that you can't just say that. You have to call the name of a child. Otherwise, that task is not going to get done. So simply in Christianity, what we know of the Lord is that he calls us and he calls us by name. And so the Lord called me a little over six years ago when I was in downtown Indianapolis. I tell the same story all around the state of Indiana. He simply whispered into my ear, you are going to be the governor of the state of Indiana. I waited for six years for confirmation. I got that at a couple people coming to me in Panera and telling me that exact calling and then through the word of God in the book of Nehemiah. And so we walk now here in the state of Indiana, encouraging everyone here to rebuild, revive, rejoice, and to stand for Indiana goodness. Uh, so my first question is like, how do you even begin? Because if you're Braun, hey, you, you're a senator, you've got huge infrastructure. If you're uh, Curtis Hill, you were the attorney general, you know lots of people, Susan. Dan Crouch is the the lieutenant governor. You've got to get these signatures to even get on the ballot. So how do you begin as just kind of a regular person running for governor? What a great question. And I think a great opportunity to lean into the reality that we live in the United States of America and we are we the people. We were always meant to gather together and to make change. And so we do just that. We send out gatherers to gather people together. That's how we do our signatures. That's how we're going to win in May. And we're super excited to see that accomplished. Jamie Rittenauer is our guest. She's running on the Republican side for governor of the state of Indiana. Casey. Jamie, I'm curious. Now, you're going to go up against people with deep pockets. For example, uh, Brad Chambers just uh, launched his campaign with $5 million. How do you combat that? Yeah, good question. This is how we uh, this is how we say uh, this is what we say on our campaign. We just simply say this: dollars don't have heartbeats. Hmm. People do, and the reality is in America right now, the dollar is controlling the power, and that's not what we need. The power belongs to the people. The power right now is is something that um, is not being honored. Right? We know that in our country, freedom is fragile. And as we move around this country and we look at the leaders that are in power, even those that are in the conservative party, I mean, my parents both served in the military. I have voted as a conservative my whole life. I like quite literally believe in the conservative platform. And I thought that most of us also believed the same. <laughs> You're funny, Jamie. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm saying, right? You look around you and you see the representation that's taking place in the conservative party. And, and you're kind of saying like, wait, are we, are we reading the same book here? And so we are happy to say that we don't come to the table to count on millions of dollars. We are a grassroots effort, and we are very proud to be so. Okay, so uh, again, I come back to you because the, the establishment has totally rigged the system in favor of the people they want to run. And unless you're Todd Young, you have to get the 500 signatures in all nine congressional districts in order to get on the ballot. I've done that for a U.S. Senate campaign before. It was a very well-funded uh, guy in terms of Marlon Stutzman. He could pay people to go. Go do that. 
like I, I'm just fascinated how you like do you have people that are standing outside a Walmart like just walk me through that because I know what a, an expensive endeavor this is and I'm curious how you're going about that Rob did you want to stand outside the Walmart is that what you're saying <laughs> he's volunteering I've he's volunteering everybody heard that you heard it it's on the record um hey this is what we do we we count on our gatherers um, they're all over the state of Indiana what people have to realize is that I've been doing this for a year and a half right so um, um, you're just now hearing about the campaign because I operate through the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah walked around the walls. He looked for the areas that were weak. Um, it says in chapter one of Nehemiah that the walls were broken down and the gates were burned with fire. And so what we look at in, in our state and what we also see reflected in our nation is one of those gates is education. And we know that that has been burned down. And so that is our aim to build up that 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 gate of, of education. But But here's the thing. People believe in that message. And so what we do is we go to those people and we simply say to them, hey, we've got a formula. We've got a ground game and we want you to operate within this formula. And so we tell them what we need them to do. They go out, they gather people, they gather the waymakers is what we call them. And we move throughout the state. And it is an exciting thing to be a part of because that's what our country was made for. Jamie Rittenauer is joining us. She's running for governor. All right. How do you handle the objection that you admittedly are not a politician? You have never done this. So what sort of qualities or skills do you bring to run the state? Okay, so good question. So first of all, uh, constitutionally, we can I can run for governor. Mm-hmm. We start there, sure, and and we tell people to lean in there. Um, I've also been a compliance manager in corporate America, and so I know what it means to manage people. Um, I'm also a mom of five children. Oh, congratulations! Um, thank you. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I have be, being a parent myself. Now I might also say condolences. <laughs> yeah, right. And I have five, and and to top that, I have four boys. Right. So I've got twelve, eleven, nine, eight, and three. And so running as governor in the state of Indiana is what I would call and what I think any mom would call a sacrifice because I'm giving up my time with my children. When I got this calling, I was sitting by my three-year-old and I simply said to the Lord, "Uh, Lord, I'm going to miss this. What are you going to do about it? And the two words that I heard were, I'm good. And that is the truth. He is good. And so when people ask me what qualifies me, let me tell the state of Indiana what qualifies me. What qualifies me is that I'm all about you. I am here to be a leader that leads you in Indiana goodness. I will bring you the policies that are good for your families. I have no dog in the fight. I am here for the people. Uh, let's talk about public education real quick. I, we just got a few minutes left, but I want to make sure we hit this because I, uh, too, I uh, think we share this belief. Public education system has failed miserably, needs to be totally burned to the ground. There are some great teachers out there, but the institution itself is, is a colossal failure. What say you? I say we've got to start, first of all, with vision, right? Without vision, the people perish. And so what we do is we come in and we say every 12th grader, every senior needs to graduate having a completed an apprenticeship in the state of Indiana. Indiana will be the training capital of the United States. We are not Florida. We are not California. Thank goodness. We are not Texas. And so what we do is we look at the people of Indiana and we look at how beautiful Indiana is. Her people are beautiful. She is a family-oriented state. And we say we work hard. And so we're going to help our students by preparing them for what they're going to walk into in the world by getting them those apprenticeships before they graduate. People tell me it'll take 10 years. I promise you we will do it in four. As we do that, we spread the vision, not just for seniors, but we start in kindergarten and go all the way up. We are, we are making sure that every student understands that they were created for something special. You know, when you say that you believe in life, 
it's not just a matter of caring about the life in the womb. That's an absolute. It's a matter of caring about the whole person. And so what we bring to the state of Indiana is the care for the whole person, the care for the child from the time that they're in the womb all the way through graduation and every person in the state. And so what we're doing is we're bringing policies that are going to help. We're going to take care of our teachers. We're going to make sure they're paid what they should be paid. But we're also going to make sure that we're emphasizing on academics. We're going to take out the things that are unnecessary and make no sense, like critical race theory. And we're going to move forward with the things that make sense, which is teaching children how to be trained up in a manner that they can then go and succeed in life. It's different for every child. Uh, real quick, before I let you go, it appears the big issue fiscally in the state is people being concerned about staying in their homes and the property taxes. And thus far, not a single solitary candidate for governor has offered any sort of plan with that. Do you have a plan for that? Do you have a plan for the economy for the state of Indiana as a collective? When you think about the state of Indiana and you think about the economy, when you add to the economy senior classes that are going to start working their senior year and apprenticeships, that's going to help our economy right away. When you look at cities like Gary, Indiana, where we are targeting that city, we believe that we have some answers there that we're going to share with them about probably mid-December. And so you'll see us going to Gary, Indiana to share ideas about what we're going to do in the economy in Gary. We want to rebuild the small towns. We've got ways that we can do that, policies that we'll bring through. But what we want to emphasize on, first of all, is education and where we want to land is affecting every single family in the state of Indiana. Property taxes is a big deal. Um, it's it's not an easy conversation to have. I like the idea of kind of a gradual tax so that the more that it, someone is paying off their home, the less tax that they are that they are going to have to pay. Um, I get what people are meaning when they say that in the state of Indiana, people are paying their homes off and then they've got these property taxes and they're losing their homes. Hey, that's a real thing. And so we're looking at that. We're looking at possible solutions that we can bring to the table. I'm not afraid to do the things that other politicians are going to be afraid to do. Let me tell you why. Because I'm not a career politician. So I'm not looking out for my career. I'm looking out for the people of the state of Indiana. And so, yes, we're exploring all of those possibilities. But I'll tell you, tune in to Jamie, the number four, ingov.com. I almost said .gov. Yeah, you did. But yeah, that's for the future. So like (laughs) you can clip tape, whatever. But do you want to do it again? Do you want to give it again? Let's do it again. Yeah, no, you're live, but go ahead. Oh, Maybe that's hilarious. Let's give it again. Yes. Jamie, the number four, ingov.com. Meet us on the other side, and we'll say it another way, but we'd love to have you guys tune in. We'll tell you more about our tours. We've got our education tour starting today. We're going to be at libraries on Tuesdays and Thursdays, twice a day. Tune in for that. We'd love to share more with you about our policies. Jamie, four, ingov.com. Did I get it right? You got it right. Oh, boy, what a trained professional. You Jamie, nailed it. Jamie Rittenauer, thank you. We appreciate you and uh, we look forward to hearing more from you before uh, before May of 2024. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Th- you guys. Yeah, thanks for coming in. And that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.